0: Am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love, who love me, and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. These words are true. These words are true, and they can be trusted. You can take a seat. Let's pray together.
1: Lord, I do ask that you would, um, even now, as we just prepare our hearts to think about the intention of the Ten Commandments. It's a new way to be human, a new way to do the human experience. God, I I do ask that we would not be merely a people who obsess over law, but we're a people who really understand love. Jesus, you are the culmination of the intention of all the, the laws of old, the mitzvah, the 613 laws in the Torah. The culmination of them, the greatest of these is is you. You are the embodiment of law, which is this glorious, sacrificial love. I pray today that you help us to see through um, the signposts and the guardrails to the intention of the road. It's supposed to take us somewhere. In your wonderful name, help me to do nothing more than point to you. What I say that's of you, help it to sink in deep, Lord. And what is amiss, help it to be quickly forgotten. To you be all glory and honor in your wonderful name, Lord. Amen. It is good to be with you all in the house of the Lord today. Thank you, Josh and team. No other teams up here, so thanks for wherever you're at. It is good to be here, man. I I love what the Lord is doing. I'm actually really excited to get into today's message. Um, I have taught through just a couple little things as I'm getting ready to get into this. I've taught through the Ten Commandments many times over the years, and I actually just recently did this. And so. Kind of a disclaimer, today I am not going to walk through all the Ten Commandments. Uh, I am going to talk about the Ten Commandments. So instead of going through them all in detail, I'm going to talk about them. And, And again, here's why. I just did a whole long series walking through each of the Ten Commandments. So we take a Ten Commandments. spend a whole Sunday talking about its history, context, what it meant to them, what its purpose was, how it shows not just even how God was working then, but the trajectory of God's work into our world today. So I'd encourage you, if you want to go listen to that whole series, you can go online at www. Www. I don't have to, I, my kids just told me I don't have to say www anymore. Is that true? Is www officially gone? Sound team, is that right? It's gone. Okay, go to encountertrinity.com. We used to have to put www in front of stuff. I don't even know why. But you don't have to do it. There you go. So EncounterTrinity.com on the media tab. And I think the title of the series is called The Perfect Ten. But I also have uh, in my notes, if you have the notes for today, you can, of course, follow them. And uh, at the top of the notes, I have a direct link to that series too. So you can listen to all of them in detail all the way through each of the Ten Commandments. I also want to keep on your radar, Easter, it is right around the corner. So be thinking, who could I bring? Who could I invite? I would love to be here. I'd love to have you all here um, on Easter morning. So who could I bring? Who could I invite? Don't forget Easter. I know they're going to share more about that here in a little bit too. I just want to keep that on your radar as well. So instead of walking through each of the Ten Commandments, and I'm going to read them again. Jorge just did. I'm going to do them again here in a minute. But instead of spending time talking about each of the commandments in detail, you can go to the series for that. I did it uh, in detail through that. I, I want to talk about the Ten Commandments today. If I have one Sunday, I want to talk about them. I grew up in a pastor's home and my parents honestly are they 're amazing people. they love the Lord, uh, they were highly involved in the church and, uh, and growing up in a pastor 's home for any of you that are p k s or missionary kids, pastors kids, missionary kids you know you know that the church world often kind of floats into the home world at times and I have many memories of having being Uh, being at home and having people come into my house to want to talk with my parents. And I would often overhear the conversations that they were having. Now listen, I didn't want to eavesdrop. If anything, it annoyed me that so much of the church world overlapped with our home world. But inevitably, especially the way ministry was done back then, right? Knock on the door. Somebody's at the door. People were constantly in our home. Um, A married couple in whom I knew that went to the church came to our house to talk to my parents, and I did not want to overhear it. In fact, I, truth be told, I at that time in my life, I was hoping, I was annoyed that they were there. I mean, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, but they wanted to talk to my parents. No problem. So I'm literally at home listening to this conversation in my back room. I want to go out to the kitchen and get food. I'm hungry. I'm like what, 16, 17, maybe at the time, and I'm thinking, hurry up and leave. Just, you know, Jesus, do whatever you got to do. I need to eat lunch. And I'm listening to this conversation as they're talking and basically what I overheard without even wanting to was that this couple in whom I know knew, um, they were not doing well in their marriage at all. And they started sharing with my parents how, and and I I know it's church on a Sunday morning, but they hadn't been intimate in years, and there was like no medical reason for it, literally just years of pent-up bitterness, separated from each other, sleeping in different rooms, disconnected, and so the whole time they're talking about how the marriage is just really loveless, though they are still married together. And then they went on this like long kind of defense of their faithfulness to God, and they were sharing that they've not been unfaithful, they've not cheated on, you know, their spouse in the public setting, and this is true, I mean, I was around them, um, you know, in the church world, that they had always been honorable to each other, they sat next to each other in church, like, I mean, in a sense, they were totally obeying the, the laws of marriage, but the marriage was loveless, and while they were sharing all of their faithfulness to most of the laws of God, I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, alive. Like they, they really are, in a sense, trying really hard to obey all the Christian laws of marriage, and they are loveless. They're loveless. And as funny as it is, I want to begin with that image in mind. You've got the laws down, but the love is absent. In fact, let me begin with this thought. To understand the law of God, we must understand the... Because God doesn't want to have an army of loveless churches that get law right. God doesn't want to have an army of loveless Christians who are obsessed with getting law right. Another way to say it maybe would be this too. If you miss the heart of God, if you miss the heart of God, man, and as I say this out loud, I guarantee many of us have even been around people that have done this. If you miss the heart of God, you will misuse the laws of God. You you just will. Like the law of God, you'll weaponize it if you're missing the heart of God. If you miss the heart of God, you will misuse the laws of God. And and maybe a way to like drill it down in even further is just this kind of simple phrase. Law without love leads to legalism. It, It just does. Law without love will take you all the way to legalism. All right. So grand story so far, where are we at as we're working through the big story of the Bible? God has taken his people out of Egypt. And then as we talked about last week, he is taking Egypt now out of their hearts. So it's one thing to like rescue somebody from a hard situation. It's another thing to change the condition of them so they can actually thrive, right? So whether it is, there's an old saying, you can take the boy out of the... Country, but you can't take the country out of the boy, right? Right, and then, or, or maybe it's a serious. So that could be like funny. Maybe a serious way to say it would be: um, when we rescue girls through Destiny Rescue out of human trafficking, if you don't actually reestablish a new identity and train them up, and educate them, and get them the counseling they need and give them skills, they will go right back into trafficking by choice. You can get them out of trafficking, but you got to get trafficking out of all of who they are, or they won't make it. And in the same way, God rescues his people out of Egypt, but now he's got to get all of what makes Egypt, Egypt, All of how they've been influenced by Egypt. All of the value systems and honor and gods and things that they worship. He's got to get all of that out of their hearts. So he gets them out of Egypt. Now he's got to get Egypt out of their hearts. And in the process that was last week, in the process of getting Egypt out of their hearts, he now has to give them a new way to do the human experience. Now God must give them a new way to do the human experience. Man, I've even thought about this a little bit, like on Sundays in church, when people come in here or watch online or listen to the podcast or whatever, right, and they come and they listen to Christianity and they hear me talk about Christianity, they hear me talk about Christ. I mean, do you understand? The ultimate goal for me with you is not that you become a good student of history. The ultimate goal for me, for you, is that you learn a new way to do the human experience. I want you to taste life to the full. And so in this emptying, right, they're pulled out of Egypt. God is taking Egypt out of their hearts, and it's going to be a long journey of doing that. But now God has got to give them the rubric to do a new, a new kind of human ex- experience. And this takes us to Exodus 20, starting in verse 1. Now, Jorge read it in detail. I'm going to skip through, just kind of touch through 17 verses and offer up the Ten Commandments again. Now, I'm, I'm not going to stop on each one. I did a whole series in detail on the Ten Commandments, like walking through them. Now I'm going to talk about them, but let's run through them one more time. Jorge did a great job. Let's do it again. So I'm going to again skip through here. I'm not going to read every verse, but parts of 17 of them. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not take the lord the name of the lord your god in vain for the lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain Remember the sabbath day to keep it holy Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. So there you go. Ten signs, ten boundary keepers. Ten directional arrows, right? Showing people how to do the human experience in a new way. Again, I'm not going to go into detail on each of these. Go to the website. You can listen to the series. I do a whole series through each of the Ten Commandments. But I do want to talk about them. The meta purpose of this Decalogos, as the Septuagint would call it, the Ten Words. Again, let me say this one more time. To understand the law of God, we must understand the heart of God. If you miss the heart of God, you will miss the laws of God. And law without love leads to legalism. A couple of things that are important to note about the Ten Commandments. The first one, the Catholic Church teaches. Now by Catholic, I don't mean Catholicism Catholic. I mean like the grand church as a whole. The Catholic church teaches that the Ten Commandments are to the moral order what the creation story is to the natural order. Even St. Augustine and John Wesley maintain that these are time-transcendent truths. And, and the reason I need to say this is it's way too easy for us when we read through the Bible, and it's true, when you move past into commandments and you get into the Torah and the mitzvot, the 613 laws of the Old Testament, it's really easy for us just kind of to dismiss all of the Old Testament laws and go, that was for them at that time in history, for those people in that specific situation. Though it is true that there are some laws that are for specific people at a specific time for a specific reason and I talk about that in detail in the series on the 10 commandments the 10 commandments through all of church history has been they've been viewed as time transcendent maybe a better way to say it that would connect with us in our modern way would be as the law of gravity right the law of gravity isn't just for you at your home at your spot In history, as the law of gravity, electromagnetism, and nuclear forces govern our natural world, the Christian church believes that the Ten Commandments govern the moral world. St. Augustine, again talking about them, St. Augustine divided them into three primary sections. The first... Three commandments govern the relationship between God and humans. The fourth through the eighth govern public relationships between people. And the last two are all about our inner desires. Maybe the best way to think about it is the cross. It works as a great symbol as you're remembering the Ten Commandments as a whole, the cross. The first three are with our relationship with God, time transcendent. The fourth through the eighth govern our relationship with other people. It's how to do the human experience with other people. And then the last two come all the way in to the center. Think of Christ on the cross. It's all about our desires being aimed rightly. So time transcendent, how we interact with God. Time transcendent, how we interact, human experience with other people. Time transcendent, where our desires are. Now what happens through history is these 10 commandments, these 10 sayings, the Decalogos, right? These 10 phrases quickly grow into 613 laws. There are 613 laws, the mitzvot, to observe in the Torah, 613 different boundary keepers that were supposed to produce holy people, a royal priesthood. Now I want you to pause for a moment and just think through what these laws actually ended up producing. The people of God were supposed to represent God to the nations around them. By the time Jesus comes on the scene, the Pharisees who meticulously observed every rule and somehow they failed miserably at actually representing God to the people around them. In a sense, they got everything right and somehow still got everything wrong. The purpose of the laws as they would have seen them. The purpose of the laws of God were to transform hearts, not bind hands as they would have seen them. The boundaries of God aren't walls to close us in, but they're signposts that show us the true condition of our hearts. This is why Paul in Romans 8 makes it abundantly clear The laws alone are powerless to deal with the root of sin. And and, and you know this. I mean, like, think through this logically with me for a moment. In our world, the people who have the law, they've literally been forced to obey it most, are often the people who have hearts that are furthest from healthy. When your kids are rebellious at home and they're doing something wrong, what do you do? You crank up the laws. You go from 10 commandments to 613 mitzvah, right? Like you just keep cranking it up and you're home. And the more they're locked down and the less they can do and now they can't drive and the more they're locked down, in a sense, they're obeying more laws that you put on them. But you also know as a parent, if their hearts aren't right, something is still really off. I mean, even think about this in our modern world. I mean, right now, the people who probably are obeying most of the laws in the United States are the in solitary confinement in prison, right? I mean, right now, I guarantee you, right now, somebody in solitary confinement in prison, what's the likelihood they're going to run a stop sign? What's the likelihood they're going to bounce a check? What's the likelihood, I mean, are you with me? All these laws, all put upon them, forced to obey all of them, and still, if you miss the heart, you, you miss everything. I find myself at the feet of the perfect priest, the perfect prophet, the perfect king. Jesus, oh, so well sums up the will of God in all scriptural complexities a heart made to love rightly. I'm going to invite Josh up and I'm going to sew some of these ideas together. Matthew 22:35 35 through 40. So here's Jesus, and, and, and I want you to see this in your mind's eye to the best of your ability. He is literally face to face With these lawyers who have given their life to perfectly adhering, not just to the Ten Commandments, but to 613 laws. In fact, according to Jewish tradition, each of these priests memorized each law. And they're staring him down, right? Like right there, looking at these priests they're supposed to be the representative of God to the world. And instead, they mastered the laws and missed representing God completely. They mastered the laws and missed representing God completely. They mastered the laws and missed representing God completely. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him, Matthew 22, 35. They asked him a question to test him. teacher. Which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. There's so much history here. I'd love to rabbit trail down all the history on this. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend All, all, all the law of the prophets. So if you have all the laws of the prophets, but you don't have the hook of love, they all fall flat. So back to the faithful couple that I accidentally overheard as a kid. I'm sitting there and I'm wanting to go eat. And this very emotional moment is in my way as a kid. And I'm listening to this couple defend how they were adhering to the legal boundaries of marriage in a sense. I mean, clearly they weren't perfect by their actions. We've never cheated on each other. We talk honorably about each other. We're sitting together in church. They just went through the list of all the things they're doing right. But the marriage was definitely loveless. Now, there's another piece to this. I was good friends with their kids. And in youth group, and like when we'd all hang out together, those kids would always bemoan marriage, you know. Like you'd have somebody in our group that's like, man, I can't wait to grow up and get married. And I was like, marriage stupid. It's just, it's an old, like they'd always bemoan marriage and put it down and it was dumb. And I never understood why the children of these parents never really saw marriage as a big deal or important and didn't really care about it. And all of a sudden in that moment, it clicked in my head. These kids had seen legal marriage but they'd not had modeled before them loving marriage. You see, they ended up rejecting the law because they didn't experience the love. But on the flip side, if you have a husband and a wife who really love each other, wanting to honor the intention of the law, like speak well of each other, Everything from intimacy to how you talk about them becomes easy when the love is there. The new way to do the human experience, the new way to do the human experience, the new way to do the human experience. experience It isn't fully embodied until your heart is changed. You know, I have, I have read through and studied the Ten Commandments many times. There's a lot of great books on them. And I've spent quite a bit of time studying ancient Mesopotamia and I've looked a lot at like the Torah, the mitzvah, the laws, the intention of them. And as I was pouring through all this information, even not just even for this sermon, but long prior to it, you know, I think, what do I want these people to know when it comes to the Ten Commandments? I want you to know that when you experience The love of God, the laws of God become a natural thing that just happens. And in your Christian experience, even now, if you find yourself just, I mean, it's like the pressure's on and you can't get it right. And, and you're trying to ever more precise and drilling down. And I, and I got to, it's like you're, it's like you're, you struggle. And so you're adding more barbed wire and more fence and more alarms and more systems. And you, like, I, I just, I just want you to experience the love of God. The laws of God are signposts. They show you the edges of the road. But the actual engine that takes you forward has always been about your heart. I don't want to have a church that does the laws of God and misses the love of God. I want to be a part of a church that has the love of God so deep in them, the laws of God are a natural byproduct. Even now, I just want to encourage you, I think, at communion. whatever God is speaking in your heart, I want you to hear his invitation, not into legal chains, but into glorious love. Jesus didn't come to to condemn, but to, to save us. Lord, even now, by your grace, I ask that you would take our hearts where they need to go. Lord, I pray even in each of us right now that we would see maybe where we have used the law as a weapon. Help us to understand that that God, you, you didn't come to abolish the law, you came to fulfill it. Literally to offer its full intention, which is perfect love. It's you. Thank you for a new way to do the human experience. Thank you that it all hinges on love. Thanks for listening to Sunday Sermon on the Made for More podcast. If you are not connected in a church community, we would love to connect with you. Send us a message on social media or fill out a digital Next Steps card at EncounterTrinity.com slash Next Steps.